Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. We love celebrating love. Our Pride festivities continue today as we re-release some of our favorite queer love stories from the past six months of Lovestruck. Today, get ready for the swoon-worthy love story of Megan Ray and Jake. All about archery, transition, and learning more about who you are. Hello there, Workway. Hey, Sarah. It is time for another of the 36 questions to love from the New York Times. Yes, and we have been doing a question a week for the last however many weeks. <laughs> We're just trying to get to know each other. Highly recommend this quiz for anybody who wants to get to know their partner. Yes, their work partner, their life partner. Whatever partner. Their squash partner. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Now we're adapting this one. Okay. The original question is, take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. Wow. We are adding an element of challenge. Okay. Getting my timer ready. Okay. We are going to do this in 30 seconds or less, your life story. Oh my God. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Tell me when to go. On your marks, get set, Go. I was born in New Jersey. We moved around a ton because my mom's job. Uh, so I lived all up and down the East Coast. I'd been to like 13 schools by the time I graduated high school. Uh, went to college in Boston, published my first book when I was 26, went to law school, 
wrote all through law school, kept publishing books, became a lawyer, hated it, (laughs) stopped working at a firm, kept publishing more books, and now I'm doing a podcast with you. How was that? Perfect. That was a very like (laughs) profession-heavy life. (laughs) All right, this is going to be hard. All right, let me reset my timer. Okay. I was born in Pittsburgh. I never moved. I lived in the same house until I left for college. I did study abroad in high school in Spain when I was 15. Went to college in South Carolina, where I was the only Yankee for three years. I met my husband in high school. We moved in together when he went to law school and I went to grad school. I did not get my graduate degree because I didn't want to be in academia. I got a job as an administrative assistant, started a website about romance novels, started a podcast, wrote three books, four, three, I think three. Three. And now I'm doing a podcast with you. I jumped forward and back in time a little bit, but I'm very impressed with myself. That was very good. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. That was pretty good for off the cuff 30 seconds of your life. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of life stories. We love learning about each other's life stories. And as we've said before, we absolutely love getting emails from listeners about your life story. When we received this story from Megan Ray, it was absolutely no exception. Today, Megan Ray and their partner, Jake, are coming onto the show to tell their incredible love story. One that started off between two people who thought they were women and ended up evolving as Jake transitioned, realizing his identity as a man, and Megan Ray discovered that they are non-binary. Instead of growing apart, Jake and Megan Ray found a way to strengthen their relationship, which is now stronger than ever before. Please welcome Megan Ray and Jake. Welcome, Megan, Ray, and Jake. I'm so pleased to have you here. Thank you for emailing us. Hello. Hello. So let's start at the beginning. Walk me through your relationship. It is a very windy, windy road, and I would wish to hear all of the stops. Tell me everything. Well, uh, we met through archery. That was when we were both identifying or identified as female. We both already knew we were gay. We were living across the country from each other, but we, we met up and kind of met each other through these national events where everyone got together and, and competed in the same place in the summer of outdoors. And so my mom had seen Jake from behind the shooting line as a spectator and been like, ooh, that's an interesting looking person. That person looks gay. Yeah. <laughs> so your mom has good gaydar. My mom has way better gaydar than I do. <laughs> yes. Uh, so she encouraged me to talk to Jake and the tournament was in our neck of the woods. So invite him over to our house for dinner because he had he knew no one. And he was like, I, I don't know you either. This is super awkward. So nothing came of it. And then a week later, we had another tournament. And it was enough to trigger him to think about me in the week in between. And he was helping organize the next tournament. So he organized it so that we would be shooting on the same target together. <laughs> during the next tournament well played excellent i didn't know this until months later multiple classic <laughs> like m- romance tropes at play here like the meddling mom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the finagling well done well done yeah I'm like oh so uh could we just uh move these people around a little bit so we can have these people over here and they're like oh, i don't see why not and i was playing it very very cool it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Alicia, if you turn this into a book, I have a title for you. Oh, no. What's the title? Only the arrows are straight. Uh-oh. 
So we don't need to record anymore, right? Like we're done. No, we're good. Thanks very much for coming by. Yeah. We really appreciate yeah. it. No, I yeah. think we're done. Yeah. Yeah. We're, Thanks very much. It's I got great. things to write. And <laughs> yeah. That's an excellent title. I don't title it. things well. That's my one title of my life, by the way, that I'm done from now. Yeah. How about Not a Street Shooter? <laughs> That's the sequel. Oh, my gosh. It's like a whole series now. Awesome. Oh, there you go. It's a whole series of books. Yeah. Okay. So Jake arranges things. So you're shooting at the same time. Yeah. Then what happened? So Jake had a girlfriend at the time. At the beginning of having a crush on someone as a gay person, step one is figuring out if the other person's gay. Self-declaring. Self-declaring, right? Either asking or collecting clues or finding out from someone else or they tell you up front. Uh, even though the information was that he had a girlfriend, that was exciting news for me. That was that was a positive because the alternative was that he was straight. So, <laughs> so that was good. Then I had to figure out how to become best friends with this person so that I could then be more important to him than his girlfriend, which happened over the course of the summer. <laughs> and he proceeded to break up with that girlfriend, which was already, you know, in the works uh, when we met anyway. And by the end of the summer, when we got to the final tournament of the season, we had pretty much decided we were a couple. We spent the week together, staying in the same room as in the hotel, pretending not to be a couple while we were on the shooting line, pretty much. That was when my stepdad, he comes into the room and he's like, oh, just wanted to make sure you're all set up here. And there's like this very long pause as he looks at the two beds in the motel room. And one bed has got like all the suitcases and the bow cases and everything all set up. And the other one doesn't. Only one bed has been slept in, clearly. The other bed is covered in stuff. Mm, yeah, see you later at supper. <laughs> you just didn't say anything. So awkward. If you're playing trope bingo at home, folks, that's only one bed. Check. Yeah. So then what happened? From then on, we were we were pretty much a couple, but Jake was still living in Alberta and I was living in Ontario. Very far. Mm, it's very pretty much far, one yeah. side to the other. That's very far. That's what, a six-hour plane ride? Four-hour plane ride. Okay. Like three days driving. Three straight days of driving. Yeah. yeah. So it was not, it was de- like a for sure long-distance relationship to the point of like, we don't know when the next time is we're going to see each other. There wasn't really video calling at that point. That that wasn't a thing. MSN. Oh, my heart. Yeah, we were still using MSN Messenger. Oh, my heart. Yeah. The nostalgia. Uh, we had long MSN chats that were just left open all the time. And I, so I was in university. Jake was working slash trying to figure out what he wanted to do. And I ended up applying to a program in Toronto at a college. Two hours away. Yeah, only two hours away from where I was living. Instead of 36. Much better. So he got into that program and moved there in January. And then we were that two hours apart for the next two and a half years until we were both done our programs and saw each other every other weekend or so. Much better. And in the summers, we lived together in the summers. So then, according to your email, you finished your degrees and you moved in together. Is that right? Yeah. But I remember when we first... I don't even think we'd moved into Halifax yet, but we were down looking at places. We went to the mall for lunch and whatever, and there were, you know, women holding hands in the mall. And I'm like, (gasps) because it just, 
wasn't happening. And even though we were in Toronto for those three years, which is pretty diverse, it just wasn't quite the same for some reason. Whereas we went to Halifax and it was so casually gay that it was <laughs> it was awesome. Have you considered reaching out to the Halifax Chamber of Commerce? <laughs> Halifax. We're casually gay. Casually gay. <laughs> right? I would visit there in a heartbeat. It was so lovely living there that we decided that was definitely the place we wanted to get married. And gay marriage had been legalized in Canada probably only four or five years prior. Right. And and so it was a pretty big deal. Um, I didn't initially want to get married because my parents aren't married and I was I was raised as a feminist and like not religious. And so there wasn't a reason to get married and there was a lot of reasons not to get married. But then Jake presented it as, look, we're getting gay married. And not us specifically, but we in in the gay we fought really hard to, to have the right to get married. So let's get married. And so we did. And we had the wedding of our dreams that was perfect for us. Oh. That was di- super DIY on a beach outside Halifax with only 22 people total. Oh, beautiful. It was lovely. So now you're married. And that's when another part of your story starts. Everyone think, okay, we got married and that is our happily ever after. No, we've got a whole chapter here, people. Buckle in. It gets really interesting. Let's go. So so then we move out to Alberta, where Jake's family is, because that's where the work was. So around that time, we settled, we found jobs, we got settled down, we found a house, you know, that kind of thing. We felt a lot more secure. You know what we should do next? Having Having a baby. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. 
Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame starting May 7th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what comes next. next. And we, I didn't initially want to be pregnant and we didn't think my body would do very well with that. We were like, okay, Jay can be the one to get pregnant because, you know, we've got, we've got the option. Thinking about that really weirded Jake out in some interesting ways. Yeah. So it took, it took a long time to really figure out why. It took a couple of years to figure out that, oh, maybe it's because I don't feel like I am you know, I don't I don't fit into that role gender wise I guess so that's kind of where my gender questioning came in and it was super scary and took a very long time but at the end of it I definitely did not carry the child although there are some trans men that do carry babies but I chatted about it with Megan Ray and and they decided that they would be the one to carry instead of me what was interesting was even before any of the gender questions came up, when we were discussing who would ha- who would carry, the caveats were always, if you can't get pregnant for whatever reason, I, I will carry. I'll, I'll try. I'll carry. Or if it becomes a gender issue and you are no longer comfortable, you know, being the one to carry, then I'll then I would do it. And no gender issues had come up yet. <laughs> But that was, it's just something we were aware of being a possibility as part of the queer community. And so that's what ended up happening. So as we were working on figuring out how to get pregnant, Jake was going through transition and slowly presenting more masculine, identifying more masculine, and being identified as strangers as a man with the lower voice and the facial hair, which automatically made strangers put me in the female box than they had when we were two butch-ish looking women, which was a really weird experience. That's a lot. Yeah. And then the other part of it 
was that I had to come out to my colleagues for Jake. Like I had to tell my colleagues at work that I was now married to a man and it was the same person I had been married to before. They're like, oh my God, you turned around so fast. You broke up with that chick and now you're with a dude. Like what is wrong with you? Yes, everyone was super confused. And the most common question I got was uh, after the whole, okay, so you're not getting divorced, was, does that make you straight? Oh, oh boy. There's so many problems with that question. And it took me so long to figure out where it was coming from and what it was based in. And and part of it is the assumption that being straight or gay is a 100% thing and that you are def- your sexuality is defined by the person you're with. And their assumption that I was cis, that I was a cis woman. And that was actually the part that took me the most by surprise is having a big effect on me. So combine that with the trying to get pregnant and being in a lot of like fertility spaces and like mom language online. And it was a lot at once. Oh, that's that's a whole bucket of gender right there. Yeah. So it it triggered my gender questioning as well. This kid really messed both of us up, really. <laughs> the whole process of having a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go back. Do you remember the moment or the moments when you realized, wait a minute, and you have changed your, your way of thinking about yourself? Was it a, a moment or did it happen over time? No, I, I wish that it had only been a moment or two moments. I was scared of being trans so i i fought it i was like maybe i'm a butch lesbian not a trans guy because that would be a lot easier i i got to a point where i knew i wasn't female but i wasn't sure if i was male i don't think there was a point i always felt kind of behind the ball i wasn't as openly casually gay as megan ray like it took me so much longer to even come out to friends and coworkers as gay In Halifax, that was five years into our relationship already, and I was still very nervous about being gay, Um, which looking back on it now, I'm like, that seems so much less stressful than being trans, like who you love versus who you... Who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I got dragged kicking and screaming into being trans by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's very, very painful, slow process for everyone around me who was on the journey with me Yeah, of being like, oh, come on, get with it. Now, for anyone who is listening, who isn't familiar with the process of transition, you are effectively volunteering to go through puberty again. Yes, all over again. And it was a consideration because of Megan Ray getting pregnant and like, okay, so you're going to have wild mood swings. I'm going to have wild mood swings. Um, how do we get this to line up? And it was actually, I was, I was worried about becoming a raging man monster for a little while until, you know, speaking with therapists and doctors and stuff. They're like, if you're not a raging monster at the moment, you're not going to be a raging monster afterwards. So you're going to be okay. There were some moments of, of kind of adolescent insecurity type activity, but nothing too wild. Uh, Besides the inevitable staring into a mirror looking for signs of a mustache, I feel like that's pretty common for 
teenage boys and a trans male. Just picture a 35-year-old doing that instead. <laughs> so, and, and the voice cracking was like a huge source of entertainment for us and humor. There is a whole lot of frustration yeah. and fear around the whole process mm. that any little bit of humor that you can find you really latch onto and make the most out of the like me trying to help his beard and, and like mustache come along by like exfoliating his face. Like Aww. it was it was hilarious. What are some ways in which you feel stronger in your relationship now than when you first met? There's just an implicit understanding that that it's us against the world no matter what happens. Yeah. We've gone through so many different things. We've moved across the country multiple times together. Yeah. We've gone through gender transitions for both of us in, in completely different ways. Gone through infertility struggles and pregnancy and parenting. We've gone through a pandemic together now, too. So add that to the mix. It's always been us against the world. We're different people, but we work, we know how to work together. And I think so that the strength of that understanding is so solid now yeah. that no matter what comes up, it's always, okay, how, how are we going to support each other? It's never a question of whether the other person is going to support us on something. Yeah. What about you, Jake? Do you notice something that's strongest about your relationship now? I think it's just a comfort level of what Megan Ray was saying, that we've been through a lot. <laughs> so if anything comes up, even if we don't have experience with it yet, I think we have a good foundation of, okay, well, how do we tackle this and how do we break it into something that we're familiar with? And maybe we're not familiar with this part, but let's let's tackle that. Now, you are both located in a very loving and accepting relationship. You are operating in a place of great love and strength. And right now, there are many, many trans people and trans children who are not in that place and are very scared. What message or advice would you have for them if you could say something? One of the messages that is out there a lot in the queer and trans communities is it gets better. That's really important as a message to hold on to, but it doesn't tell you how to deal with it when it's not better and how to get to a place where it can be better for you. Mm -hmm. I think my message would be be solid in, in knowing who you are internally, yeah. no matter what the outside world is telling you is or isn't okay. Try to be as aware as you can about where your areas of safety are yeah. and where your areas of concern are and and whether those unsafe areas are really fundamentally unsafe, like you're going to lose your housing, lose your job, mm -hmm. versus whether it feels unsafe because you're scared. Mm -hmm. Really working to differentiate those things, I think, is really super important in for the people that are really struggling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it can be very isolating to be going through any sort of gender questioning, no matter where you are in along that transition or discovery, finding community is super important. Once you kind of find your way into those communities, you're like, oh, wow, this is actually who I am. And that community can provide you support. Thank you so much for writing in to share this with us. I feel honored that you've spoken with us today, and I'm very honored that you are part of the community for those who are younger than you who are going through this experience and this discovery, as you called it, Jake. 
And I am so very happy for your happiness. Thank you for talking with us. It's awesome. Sarah, that was a lovely story. What is your love to go for today? I love what Megan Ray said. Find a little extra support for yourself. Your people are out there. And what Jake said, that you can feel very alone when you are trying to figure out your identity. It's only a fundamental part of who you are. You know, no big deal. Yeah, you know, it's something that happens first in the privacy of your own mind, which can be very tangly. If you are a person or you know and love a person who is trans or non-binary and you're looking for information and support and resources, Megan Ray has invited you to take a look at their blog, Purple and Green Blog. That's all spelled out and there will be a link in the show notes. Purple and Green Blog has lots of information, support resources, and help for you to find your people. There are also many trans support organizations locally. So if you Google trans support in your local area, I'm certain there are groups that would welcome you and welcome helping you find more support as well. And just a reminder about donations. Every little bit helps. So if you can only give a little bit at a time, sometimes they appreciate that more than one big gift. Megan Ray and Jake emailed us their story and we would love to hear your story please send an email to lovestruckdaily at frolic.media if you have a love story to share or any questions or thoughts. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter for any extra content. This has been the second story in our Pride Celebration Week. Come back later in the week for more of our favorite queer stories. Our researcher is Jesse Epstein. Our editor is Jen Jacobs. We are produced by Abigail Steckler and Little Scorpion Studios with executive producer Frolic Media. This is an iHeartRadio podcast. We wish you a very happily ever after. 